Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Support for this podcast is provided by Subtruck Law. Revolution Recap thanks Subtruck Law for their support of our show local independent media, and their mission of bringing unbiased truth. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Revolution Recap. We have another bonus podcast for you today. Seth Maycomer of the Blazing Musket talked to Carlos Ruiz. Uh, I'm not talking about Carlos Ruiz, the former Philadelphia Phillies catcher. I'm talking Carlos Ruiz, uh, the Apple TV analyst and former soccer player who has nothing uh, memorable that ever happened in his career against the New England Revolution. Before we get into the interview, we want to tell you about our sponsor, Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all of your NBA action this season with the MLB World Series. NFL and college football and NHL in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport anytime, and that includes the MLS playoffs. Maybe you want to hop on the New England Revolution win outright at plus 365. You can do that, so head over to Bet Online today and get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BLEAV, BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is promo code BLEAV. B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And now here's the interview. All right, this is Seth Makemer from the Blazing Musket, joined once again by an Apple personality, a MLS league legend, maybe someone that Revolution fans don't have fond feelings for, but definitely a, a smart guy in the game. Carlos Ruiz, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Seth, so much for the opportunity. So let's start from the history. Let's start back in 2002. Uh, it is a, a memory that I'm sure that you remember quite fondly. Maybe Revolution fans, not so much. Uh, you were the one that scored the game winner against the New England Revolution, silencing 60,000 fans there. Uh, it was a pretty tough game. It was a physical game. I believe Aiden Brown had some big saves against you. Uh, yeah. Talk to me about that moment. What do you remember? Well, I mean... Uh was a special day, obviously. was a, 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 a special and a, an amazing uh, year for LA Galaxy and, and my teammates and myself because not only, because not only we played the final of the, the MLS Cup, we played also the US Open Cup final. So it was like a, a nice year for us. Uh, but playing against New England Revolution, playing at the uh, Gillette Stadium, playing against uh, big players, uh, and also Taylor Twelman, who we compete to to the Golden Boot and we compete for the MVP of the league. So was a lot a lot on 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 the line for that game, and um, was a tough game. Was a very very uh, tough game in. Uh, New England create opportunities. We create opportunities. Um, 
we ended up in the extra time, but uh, was that game was for for any team, you know, whoever make a mistake, they probably lose. And I think New England Revolution, after that corner, they they uh, they they make that mistake. They don't uh, they create that space, and Tyrone Marshall was. Was a good run for Tyrone Marshall, a good assistance for Chris Albright, and uh, I had the opportunity of my life to put that uh, in the back of the net, and uh, I didn't miss the opportunity. You talked about Taylor Twelman. You guys were top goal scorers within this league. What was the competition like with Taylor Twelman? And obviously, his career cut a little bit shorter. Do you think we'd have um, fonder memories league wide? Revolution fans obviously love the guy, but maybe he's forgotten a little bit uh, in league history because his career was shot a little bit short. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Taylor suffered um, an injury who back in the day was not. Uh, Taking with uh, the seriously is taking is taking it now, and uh, was a shame was a uh, a loss for uh, soccer in the United States because uh, we were young and he has a lot of potential to grow. And I mean, was was hard for not only for him was hard for all the people who follow his career and uh, they see the potential he has as a center forward because he can score. I mean, in anywhere in any any space, he he has a good uh, uh, a good a good vision of where to go. Uh, good header. Uh, he kick with the left, with the right. He he scored a bicycle kick ball. I mean, he was like those type of center forwards who they they maybe miss one opportunity, but in the second one he he's gonna put it in the back of the net. I'm curious, when you're competing with someone like him for the Golden Boot, are you talking to each other at all? What kind of conversations are you having um, throughout the season, knowing that you're in that competition? Well, I mean, you know, what's West and East, you know? So for us, uh, our competition, to be realistically, was against San Jose Earthquakes. because It was like uh, the team to beat uh, with all the players they have and... Uh, uh, I see New England Revolution, uh, and uh, obviously I follow the results and how Taylor was uh, scoring goals. But um, our, our, um, our derby, our rivalry was against San Jose Hurricanes, you know. So uh, after we we make the playoff and um, we w- we went all the way to the final, we we knew it was a big game for us because we play away. Uh, in unknown field because it was turf is still turf, but uh, we we don't uh, get used to playing turf. We used to play in uh, the rose, but it was a regular grass. So everything was uh, on favor to New England Revolution, and uh, also they have a great coach. And uh, I mean, it was a a very good team. And I mean, until now, I see the replays, and like I say, you know, both teams create opportunities. Both teams have the that chance to to score a goal, but um, went all the way to the extra time. And uh, that was a little, little mistake in the end of the second extra time where they they don't cover that space and um, we took an advantage. That was the only opportunity because that game, if they don't have that mistake for sure, we ended up in penalty kicks. 
Yeah, and then last one, historically, uh, you faced a lot of New England Revolution teams, obviously um, with the LA Galaxy and, and FC Dallas, not as much because of the different conferences, but DC United, the Philadelphia Union. The question I always like to ask attackers like yourself, who was a player that you hated to play against from the New England Revolution? And you played against some pretty tough players like, you know, Fracino and Pierce and, and Heaps. Who was a player that was always tough to battle with uh, as an attacker? Well, Franchino, man, well, Franchino was tough, and um, that guy don't. I never saw him as, as smile, not even when he was my my teammate in LA Galaxy. Uh, because after New England Revolution, he came to LA Galaxy. Not even there, I I see him smile. So he was tough, and and uh, he was the captain of New England Revolution. So probably he was the the toughest defenders, but the whole team, man, and. Uh, I remember 2005 also uh, playing for FC Dallas. We uh, we went uh, we played the final, the U.S. Open Cup final, the Lamar Hunt final in Dallas, and New England came and they won the final. So <laughs> I have uh, good memories with New England Revolution and, and a little bit uh, of sad memories with them. So you mentioned the Open Cup. They've won the Open Cup. They won Superliga. They've never won MLS Cup. This no. year they're going for that championship. Of course, they have to get past a very tough Philadelphia Union team. Yeah. They beat them this past weekend, Carlos. You were on the game. You were covering the game. Do you think the New England Revolution can win against the Philadelphia Union? Well, said. I would say this. Um, the advantage of New England Revolution is they only lose one game in, at home. And um, they are going to play a very, a very um, good team. And because I know Jim Crutin is a team who uh, they know how they play, and they don't, they don't, uh, you know, they are, they are not trying to do anything they they cannot do. You know, so they are very uh, order, uh, a little block, defending, attacking. They like the possession of the ball. So it's a tough team during Philadelphia Union, but if I was playing in New England Revolution, I go to Philly. I I try to don't lose that game. I come back to my stadium because I know I'm very strong in my stadium. Win that game like they play uh, two weeks ago, one week ago against uh, Philadelphia. And then when you go back to Philly, Mm, any, anything can happen in that third game because, you know, the home team needs to go and push to win the game and you're going to you're gonna find those spaces because they have the necessity, you know. But I am not the coach, but if I was a, a, a player of the England Revolution, that was, that was, that's going to be my, my, my game plan. I think one thing that's interesting about this Philadelphia Union team is that they know that Publicly, there are players that are going to move on from this team. Uh, Bedoya has been talked about. Kai Wagner has been talked about. What's it like when you know that there are some players that have been around for a long time that are going to move on, and that becomes public knowledge? Will that affect the locker room? And have you ever experienced anything like that in your career? It's, it's so weird, man, because you are in those in those uh, decision days and those important games and those uh, news came out and uh, – Obviously, inside of the locker room, is 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 not is not uh, good to know that because you know Bedoya is the captain of uh, Philadelphia Union and 
and uh, as a captain, you create a group and you try to to be that uh, leader inside of the of the locker room. So it's it's not good to know that before uh, the season ends. It's like uh, what happened with uh, Nicolas Lodeiro and Seattle Saunders. It's so weird to know those news before the season ends. But let's hope uh, we can see a good game. You know, both teams play very well the whole the the regular season. I think it's going to be a very very close um, um, playoff between uh, Philadelphia and New England Revolution. And let's see, let's see what happens. Let's enjoy them play, uh, see see, the, see them, uh, watching them play and try to to talk about a little bit of what they do. And on the other side, the New England Revolution, they're dealing with their own locker room stuff, right? Bruce Alina leaves, a new coach comes in, another coach comes in after that, and that creates a little bit of turmoil. Uh, we obviously see coaches come and go during the season, but this one's yeah. a weird one because the New England Revolution were doing well. So what's it like when a, a coach leaves during the season? How does that potentially change things? Um, and how do you think it affects the revolution? Yeah, and you you mentioned a, a, a point until now. I don't know what happened with Bruce Arena. But, you know, all the credit to him because he built this uh, team. He knows uh, with these players uh, what what he can do uh, during the season. So all the credit is to Bruce Arena. Changing coaches in the middle of the season is not good. Sometimes, you know, depending, sometimes if he, the coach came and they changed the mentality in the locker room, can be good. But I can say like uh, 75% of the cases is going to be um, a failure because you don't, you know, you don't create the team. And probably you, the system... Um, these players are used to play. It's going to be different with the new coach. So sometimes it's difficult, but New England is there. Let's see what's going on or what happened in the in the playoff. I mean, the Eastern Conference is very tough, man. And, and if they, let's imagine they pass uh, um, uh, Philadelphia Union, um, you know, you, you have Columbus there, you have Atlanta there, you have Cincinnati, you have many teams who also play very good. Obviously, this New England Revolution side has gone through a, Orlando too. Sorry, Orlando, Orlando, man, Orlando played very well too. Yeah, absolutely. Like you mentioned, there's, there's a lot of players that can do well, um, especially in a one-game series. Uh, that actually brings up a, a point that I want to bring up. We see something new this year that three-game series. Do you yeah. like the idea of a three-game series? Are you a fan of the the one game or some other alternative for the playoffs? Well, I agree. The higher uh, seating in the table in the regular season, they they have to uh, host uh, the the first game. Um, I mean, for the fans and for the marketing, I think uh, I I see the point of playing this play of the best of three. You know, you have more games and you can. Uh, offer more entertainment to the to the to the fans but let's try to to see the level of the players uh, how they go how they come to these uh, crucial games you know because you play the whole season you have the league cup some players also they go to the international duty with the national team and then you come back and you play uh, US Open uh, cup so it's many games and sometimes to these crucial games um, I don't know if they are 100% physically uh, and mentally, you know. Yesterday I had the opportunity to 
at work the game at Kansas City and San Jose Earthquakes. I don't see very very well uh, the San Jose Earthquake uh, players, you know, like a hundred percent fit. So crucial games, but I don't I don't know if physically they are they are hundred percent. Carlos, I'm gonna pick. I know you're you're a great player. Obviously, you do a great job on the microphone right now. But let's put you in the the role of some leadership here. If you're the next coach of the New England Revolution, what is one thing that you do in the offseason to make sure that this team is competitive next year? Ooh, ah, well, let's see. Well, first of all, um, the coach has to be confirmed for the next season because with that confirmation, you already, as a coach, you are going to um, bring or sign or, or or train the players with the system you want to play. You no, know, like many other coaches in Major League Soccer, they say, this is my system, no matter what, if I play at home, if I play the way, if I'm losing, if I'm winning, this is my system. So they start like that and they end the, the season like that. So that's that's a key because you're going to practice every day, every day trying to be better. You are uh, creating these... Uh, uh, partnerships with different players and different positions, so you create this uh, automatism in, in in football and soccer, who is the key in many games. You know, so I think uh, first of all you have to you have to know hundred percent who is going to be the coach, and from that to ask the coach or the coaching staff how we're going to play. These players are going to play at, the, at your system. You want to play with these players and try to build something where you know. You can see New England is playing uh, counter-attack or New England is playing to have possession. So you have an idea how this team is going to progress during the season. So you mentioned it, the New England Revolution need a coach. Let's make you the next sporting director for the New England Revolution. What type of coach does the New England Revolution need? Are there any names out there, maybe not for the Revolution, but names out there that are uh, good coaches that you'd like to see come to Major League Soccer? Well, you know, I'm glad to see many uh, former uh, soccer players who became coaches and, and sport directors. I would look for one of those because they know the league, because they are hungry, they are young, and uh, and they want that opportunity. So I would try to see, uh, for example, Tyrone Marshall. He was the assistant coach of Siggy Schmidt. Maybe he has uh, that uh opportunity to coach one of those teams. Um, um, I don't know what other... Jeff Kassar, he was a coach of uh, Salt City. Uh, as many former... I would go for them first because they know the league and they know where the league goes. And and if you want some more, something or some coach like more international, try to bring someone from Europe. And But he has to understand how the, the history of the team, where the league is going and how they want to play, you know, because you have a mix of uh, young coaches here. So you need, you need to be more than a coach. You need to, you need to be that, uh, that, uh, uh, that coach who goes inside of the field, who teach the players how they have to play. And only a manager, not only a, the guy who's going to be on the Saturday saying like, oh, you move here, come over here, you know, this is the system. You have to be inside of the field trying to to explain how you want to play. So I would go, for me, I would go for a former uh, 
player who play in the league and um, they are they are hungry to to be a coach in, of uh, coaching uh, any MLS team. I like that answer. It makes me think of Jay Heaps. And I thought Jay Heaps grew into that. There role you go. He did a nice job. And I think an interesting name right now is is John Harks because he was down in League One, former Revolution player, DC United. Uh, he recently yes. signed from the position. Could he end up in, in MLS, whether it's the Revolution where his son is right now? That'd be interesting. Uh, or it could it be DC United or somewhere else? Um, he's one to keep an eye on. Uh, let's put you in the spot yes. of, of Commissioner Don Garber. If you could change one thing in Major League Soccer, make one rule in Major League Soccer, what would it be? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Because, you know, everybody admires Major League Soccer right now. You know, they are, I mean, the league is growing so fast. And 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 you can see it because now many players from Europe, from Africa, from Asia, from uh, South America, from Latin America, they want to come here and they want to come here at very young stage in their career. So that means that the Major League Soccer is attractive now for them, you know. So uh, it, it, it's a tough question, man. I. I I don't, I don't, I don't even, I don't even want to bring to the table the the, the discussion about regulate regulation and uh, and and uh, uh, that to the teams to to go down and and up. You know, I don't want to bring that because I understand now the meaning of bringing investors to create something special in the in the league and and to know they are going to have that team for a long time and they create a, a base of fans. So. It's hard to know, Seth. Like to tell you the truth, right now I, I will not touch anything. I will work more in marketing. We have the best player in the world, Lionel Messi. So everything is around him. Everybody is watching Major Soccer now. And let's end with this. You're obviously now behind the microphone on the commentary side. This year, Apple became the official um, partner of the New England. Uh, sorry, of the uh, Major League Soccer. Really great as far as the broadcasting goes. Uh, really great with the wraparound show. Opportunities to talk to a lot of the commentators. Maybe room for improvement as years go on. If you're in charge of that Apple broadcasting, what's something you might want to add? Maybe it's a new uh, segment that's a week-to-week -week feature. Uh, maybe it's something on the technical side. What is something on the behind the microphone with Apple that you might want to tweak going forward? Well, uh, let's see, Seth. Uh, I will not change... Uh, me, personally, I will not change... Uh, calling the games from the stadiums. I, I mean, I have. I think that's a great point from Apple and to Major League Soccer to send all the talents to different uh, stadiums. That's that's amazing. You know, you you have other views from the stadium and uh, from the studio. You don't have all that uh, atmosphere around uh, soccer. So I would not change that. Maybe to get to other markets, trying to have. Uh, more information in, in, in different languages, you know, because now everybody's watching Olympic soccer, man. You have to have different languages so everybody knows what's happened in, in Mayo League soccer. And also, this league is so international. You see the players. We have uh, players from Hungary, from uh, Croatia, from Serbia. And uh, I think to create something more international, some something there. But I would not touch too much, Seth. I think uh, this year was tough for, for Major League Soccer and for Apple TV because they, they create all this so fast. But in the end, I think uh, everybody was uh, commitment with the project and trying to, uh, from, from where we are, 
trying to sell the league through uh, the platform, the platform of Apple, you know, and uh, I think we did well. So let's hope the the league is still growing and I still believe in sending the talents to the stadiums is the best option to sell the league. I think you made a lot of really good points there that Major League Soccer is on the rise. The idea of Messi arriving here is already opening up a lot of um, opportunities to sell the league, to promote the league, to bring people in. And, And like you said right there, Apple, this is brand new. And for them to do so well in year one, for the broadcast, the quality so great, the commentators, um, the features like the wraparound show, I think those were all huge uh, additions. Uh, maybe there could be more content going forward on the app. Uh, but I think that for year one, you guys really did a great job of hitting it out of the park. This weekend, fans can check out the New England Revolution face the Philadelphia Union for free on Apple, checking out the game. Uh, I believe you, you're you not on the game, uh, but I'm sure all of us will be watching in, listening into to uh, Chris Winningham and Lori Lindsay on the call in English. Uh, thank you, Carlos, so much for joining me today. Thank you, Seth, so much for the opportunity. And, well, let's uh, hope this uh, best of three playoff uh, is going to bring a lot of goals, a lot of emotion, and... Uh, you know, a lot of a join and, and a smiles from the fans. I think that's what we all want to uh, see. So thank you so much. Thank you, Seth. Muchas gracias. Thanks again to Carlos for joining us today. Make sure you catch him on the call on Apple TV this weekend. Also, thank you to Seth and the Blazing Musket for helping make this podcast. Make sure you are subscribed to the Blazing Musket on Substack for year-round coverage of the New England Revolution. And thank you once again to our presenting sponsor, Bet Online. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and go Revs. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.